For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? It's your guy, Shovel Mac, here again with another episode with TP and B. I got my co-host here with me today. Mel Shake. Uh, no. I'm glad he's here today. He's a, he's a hard guy to get in touch with. <laughs> hello, uh, he, hello. He's down there in Peace Jam in Georgia. We're going to talk about some, some of that kind of stuff. Also got one of my other uncles in the building. His name is Ronnie Bowens from Hampton, VA. What's up, uh, 757 representing. You know that. Yeah, 757. Okay. Hey, hey, Mel, we got to watch those 757 people. Every time I turn on the <laughs> news, they do? 757 people end up on the news a lot. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> Whether it's good or bad, uh, am I lying, Ronnie? Hey, we got movers and shakers. It does, you know. They say oh, any news is good news. So we, we trying to represent out here for for sports, business. We trying to make a difference out here. So anybody you meet from seven five seven, gonna be good people. I can tell you that. I can attest to that. I, I can uh, say that. Uh, I, I, I met him. I met Tori through mail. I met some other people from seven five seven, but they all they all got some issues. <laughs> yeah, Tori definitely got some issues, man. Uh yeah. Now, so we back with another episode. No, um, no. Last week, me and my uh, no Unc Tori was able to talk about you no know, the show. Sh- uh, I mess her name up all the time. Miss Richardson, her situation. Who's Miss uh, Richardson? Break it down. What I miss from Tokyo. With the drug with the drug test and all of that stuff. She failed the That's drug. A, what she do? What 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 event? What event? She does hundred meters. How she fell a down drug test? She messed up the Olympics. What you mean failed the drug test? Well, something happened with her family situation. Um started smoking, then understand the drug test was coming up. Is this a bad situation? That's all I can but, say. So, so what what they do? What the Olympics do? They do. They suspended her for a month. The craziest part is the USA team is the one who's actually suspended from the four by four relay. Well, okay. Yeah, but I think the world, the World Doping Agency, I think it's the WADA. You know, have their list of products or drugs that are prohibited from athletes for taking. They go back a few, you know, decades. And weed or marijuana was actually one of those um, prohibited products. So. It's an unfortunate situation. I didn't get a chance, wasn't privy to what conversation you all had last week. That's a, you know, conversations behind the scenes on myself with that. It's unfortunate. Rules are rules is my stand on it. And for her to, it it was bad timing on her part, but rules are rules. And she she broke the rule. And um, unfortunately she will not be participating in the Olympics. Well, I'm going to say it just like this. I don't know who works for this world doping agency, but if he sold more dope than this guy named Kojak I went to school with, <laughs> it's got to be big. I don't know how much they sell in the world, but Kojak, he was a king. So <laughs> this world doping agency, do we know how to call it? Where they at? Well, look, I, I along, along that same lines, I saw where somebody said 
if you're going to suspend somebody, you know, you, you got to allow somebody to run the Olympics and smoking weed because that might be, she might be the only person that can smoke weed and run faster. So you know, <laughs> that, when, I, when I heard that, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, I think it goes along the lines of um, in performance enhancing or just rule breaking. And obviously we all know marijuana, you, you, it's not going to make you run faster. That was yeah. a fortunate situation for her. But look, clearly Kojak had a lot of y'all around there. Dorito sales probably in snacks <laughs> everywhere Kojak went. So <laughs> hey, well, I know it, I know like Shaq said it's supposed to do one, two, three, and then one, but not one, two, three, and back to me. But I saw <laughs> Shelvin in a race one time, and I know he wasn't on nothing, but he was moving so slow. <laughs> he 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 the world open agency need to check on him. <laughs> he was slow. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a flat, I'm not a fast athlete at all. But, but the crazy part with all of that stuff is, is that she was able to clear and able to run in a four by 100 for the Olympics, but the USA team didn't pick her up. Yeah. That's the, that's the craziest part about Hold it. Hold on. So they cleared it up to run. Rodney, you knew about this? So Rodney, she's, Rodney, she's, you familiar? So she, I'm, I know, I'm, I'm familiar everything. with it. Yeah, I'm familiar with it, but not... You right. have more detail. I think you both have more details. Yeah. So she's suspended for 30 days mm-hmm. and her race falls on those 30 days. But then she can do the Olympic, I mean, uh, the relay, which is outside of those 30 days. It might be like gotcha. four days later. But the USA team is not going to pick her up because they don't want they don't want the team to practice for 30 straight days without her and mess up the chemistry. And then when it comes, you got two Go days ahead. to prepare and it's going to mess it up. So she's not doing the Olympics at all. So she's not doing any event. Any event. Oh man, it's it, she's a minority sister. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. What's your thoughts on it, Shell? What you think? I know Roddy told us what he thought. What's I think the same thing. Shell? Rules is rules. Like if you, if it's something. That's the that's the point of being great. Shit, Kobe had a curfew. Jordan got a curfew. Only person don't got curfew is y'all boy from VA seven five seven. Your favorite player, Iverson. Well, well, he do well, whatever yeah, he yeah. wants. Well, let's clarify. Shakari Richardson is not from Virginia. You know I mean, so um, we can put that to rest. But no, I along those lines of, of following rules and, you know, you're not going to allow somebody to come in your house. Maybe they had just that has a bad rep or there's a rumor out that they may have done something just because you don't expect that person to come into your house. And you don't want that person coming to your house and being around people and maybe saying the wrong thing or destroying property. So I think the U.S. Olympics team that that are going that that decided that she she couldn't participate were looking more long term. To your point, shelving around like not wanting to participate, and then maybe something coming out. So I stand with them on that decision both ways: not participating, not not for failing the drug test, and then not being able to participate. So yeah, no, I agree. What do you think, Mel? You know what? I, I uh, anybody who knows me and knows my path knows I am a habitual line crosser rule breaker because a lot of rules <laughs> are made up. They made up rules for who they want. They got rules, but everybody not following the rules. So for I, number one, I I people who know my background, like my dad didn't drink, my dad didn't smoke. So I that's those things I just never did. And you know, I sip a little bit now, but I never grew up. So I've never even thought about smoking marijuana. So it's far to me like my family members smoke, but I consider it a drug. But most people in our society consider marijuana, you know, a cigarette, safer than alcohol. So for me to take away somebody's dream, 
because they smoked a joint or a blunt, or as a Rick James say, Mary Jane. <laughs> I don't. I, it just don't make sense to me. Like back when you, Shell, you was too young to remember this. I'm assuming, but our president tried to lie and say, "What did he say, Ronnie? I didn't inhale." You remember they called him? He, he, right, I didn't inhale. Yeah, I mean, I look, I agree. I mean, I think particularly around like how laws have become a little bit more progressive around marijuana today. But when we just looking at a snapshot of the time when she was competing and when she was taking her drug test, the rules are the rules. I agree. Like that rule should be changed. It's unfortunate that she got caught up. It's not like she was taking testosterone or whatever it is to make her run faster. Um, you know, I can think back to that Canadian sprinter, uh, ben, uh, ben Carson or Ben Johnson, I think his name was from Canada, who, you know, was obviously taking something and got caught up, but it's just an unfortunate situation. The timing of when she decided to puff, puff, pass was just unfortunate. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's just strange to me, man. So you telling me, had she ran in the Olympics before, this would have been her first time? This would have been her first time. And she's good. She would have won it. That's why, by history, she would have won it. Yeah, but you know, I did, no, I disagree because I don't believe in like these rules that disadvantage, especially minorities. Like me, y'all are athletes, so y'all are used to confiding the rules. As an entrepreneur, which like we haven't talked about that. I know Shelvin wants to get into business and not, but as entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, we break and change the rules every day. Perfect example that we should talk about is Richard. Is it y'all help me with his name? Richard Brantley. The guy who just broke the rule to go to space. It was illegal to go to space. He just broke the rule, made his own spaceship, and went to space. So as an entrepreneur by background, the rules that regular society makes, I don't even follow. We don't even, like entrepreneurs, people who create businesses, and Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Cuban, people like that. I'm not on that level as far as billions, but everything I've done, I broke every rule because it's make-believe. It's like a glass ceiling. All so right, for me, that's so like, so I, I think I think that's a valid point in terms of you being an entrepreneur. So you made the rule, but anybody that worked for you had to confine, had to abide by the rules that you set. So the I, the IOC, I think it is the International Olympic Committee set the rule. They're the entrepreneurs. Shakari Richardson is the employee in a sense. You Mel are the IOC, you make the rule. You can, like you start a business, you can say whatever you want, but you can't, but, but somebody not gonna be coming up in there. I, 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 got, I got one better for you, Rodney. Mel, I come to your house. You set the rules to your house. Mm -hmm. If I come there and be like, you like no shoes in the house, I come here wearing my shoes, mud all over the place. I'm breaking <laughs> the rules. I'm, I'm doing what you want me to do. I'm changing the rules. Is it gonna help someone? Like I have to abide by your rules to come in your house. Otherwise I don't See. need to come to your house. If I don't want to do it, if I don't want to do what you want in your house and, and what you got going on, I don't need to come. But for me to go there and be like, I'm changing the rules and bend them for the next person to come, I don't think it works. See, they call that a linear way of thinking. See, the only way you can make people abide by your rules with people like me is because there's no other option. There's no other Olympics. If there was another, just like the NCAA NCAA is doing with now, they realize there are alternatives to the NCAA. So now the NCAA is taking their made-up rules, putting them in a bag, and throwing them away because there are other options. And it's just like big business and what they call the house casino. Like right now, all casinos, another example, you can't use your cell phones at a casino. Y'all know that, right? You can't take right. your cell phone. You can't take yeah. pictures at the table. Right. 
But if there was another casino business where you could do it, that rule would go away. Those rules only operate when there's linear or only one way, only one option. But once those other options come, rules go out the window. No, no, no. You always have another option. You don't have to participate. Yeah, but that's not <laughs> yeah. that's not an no, option. It is an option. That's either or. That's either or. That's an option. Either or. Yeah, but that, that that's not accomplishing my goal. If my goal is to run the Olympics, or my, my goal is to, <laughs> that's, that's or if I go to the play, if, yeah. if my goal is to work for Mel Clemens, Mel mm-hmm. Clemens, he has these categories I need to fit in. I have to fit in yeah. these categories. Otherwise, I don't want to work for Mel Clemens. I have an option. That's right, but you have an option. But run the Olympics. There is no other Olympics. There is no side. No, you no have a Olympics. world championship. You can smoke for two years and not do anything <laughs> and participate in the world championship. You can do that. I know yeah, people who do two, that. That's two years later. But ain't no bigger platform no. for runners than the Olympics. And y'all know that. I No, 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 no. The G League is now an option for the NBA. Overtime League is now an option for high school students. And... uh you know, the, the name image and likeness is now an option financially for students. Before there was no options. And that's why those made up no, make no, you, I don't I don't like the I don't like when people say you, you always have options. The reason why you don't my, have options because you're trying to confine into the rules what you're trying to tell me that you don't want to do. <laughs> so right, that's the okay, problem. Okay. That's the problem okay, you have. Okay. So it based on your thinking, you think there's always an option for everything. So think <laughs> of it like this. Okay, okay, you said that. So based on your way of thinking, there's always an option for every situation, right? For most, if I want to do something with someone else, I have an option. Either I want to do it or I don't want to do it. I have to give up right. something to accomplish that. All right. So let me give you an example of an option that y'all might not agree with. We go to a escape room. There's a there's a can of Beanie Weenies on the other side of the table. On that can of Beanie Weenies is a guy with a gun. And we there. He said, if you grab my Beanie Weenie, I'm going to shoot you in the head. At the, I, I have an option. One day, there's not an option. Two days later, there's an option. Three days later, there's not an option. But these are the options, meaning if I grab that bitty weenie, they're going to shoot me. So when you give me an either or and the other option is not doing what I want to do or uh, – and that option is death. And Olympics is not participating. But that's not an option to me. That's the difference. That means it's all or nothing. Yes, that's the difference between being all great. All or nothing. That's the difference between being great in anything. You had options to sleep in, stay up late. Right. Or whatever. You chose not to so, do that. That's, that's the difference why you at this level no one else. You had options. You can sleep in a little extra 20 minutes or 30 minutes, or you can get up and I'm going to work today. You always have an option. You chose not I, to do that I, because you wanted to be bigger and better for yourself. It's like, I have I options. Do. I can shit John way faster than me on the court. Do you do y'all take think this? the rule is, do y'all think the rule is fair? That's my question. 100%. Yeah, I think. Rodney, you think the rule is fair? I, I didn't think, say whether it's right or not. Do right. you think it's fair? I think, yes, I think the rule is fair. I think, it, it, now, it'd be different if the rule was made and she was not aware of the rule. But she made the rule, and I think, I mean, she was a, aware of the rule. She knew she couldn't do it. She knew she was wrong when she was smoking the marijuana. So to me, that's just a blatant disrespect of the rules. Now, we don't, you know, getting to whether it's fair or not, that's a whole different conversation. But rules, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty straightforward as the son of somebody that was in the military for 30 years. And I work within, I'm not, I'm not an entrepreneur as yourself. So we, we have a different mindset in terms of, I work within corporate America. I work within like, you know, there's, there's set schedules and so forth. So 
I don't have that entrepreneur. I do, I do aspire, Mel, to be like you one day. But rules to me are rules. And you you learn to play the game of life within the rules as they're laid out. She, you know, smoke weed, one smoke weed the night after you win the race, but don't smoke weed the week before you, the race even starts when you know that okay. uh, you can right. be eliminated. I got we gotta uh, go ahead. yeah, we need to move on. Now we need to move on from this. You need to move on for this because it's just a fundamental different way of thinking. So let's move on from this. I think we should come back to that in 30 days and see what she does or 90 days whenever she gets a chance to compete. Yeah, to sum it well, up real sum it up real quick. I, I don't I, I think it's fair. I don't think the rule is right. The reason I say it's fair because five years ago she would have been completely suspended. They only gave her 30 days. They they lessened the charge. They're still trying to figure out how to make it acceptable because here in America you can smoke. Amsterdam, you can smoke, but some other countries you can't smoke, so it's illegal. They're trying to figure it out that way. I think it's the problem yeah. they're trying to figure out with all of that. But speaking on to the next topic, you know, <clears throat> we're down here in Atlanta, Georgia. We got AAU season going on, Peace Jam going on. My man Mel's down there with the Georgia Stars. Uh, no, they got a win today. Uh, my team got a win last night. The Skills Factory slowly, slowly pushing. Hopefully, they, they play each other. I can talk all the smack. You know they play today, right? They play today, right? They had a game today. Yeah, we talk about that though. Yeah, yeah, they play today. They, they. So they did both of y'all's teams are they are they on a collision course to play one another? They they done beat me twice, but yeah, we are gonna play each other. I told the boys today we'll probably end up playing them in. And Pete Jam in the in the championship in the championship series. I know God is gonna put it that way. They're gonna give me an opportunity to finally win. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be on that. The, um, both teams are very great. You know, I help out kind of with both programs, try to mentor those guys or whatever. Both but the, but the uh no, this is Mel's first time on opposite side, not being a parent, but then but being like a coach and administrator. I know Rodney, um, I was looking today, I was gonna hit you earlier. I was signing up Zuri for uh, soccer class. I mean, soccer um, camp. And there's one, if I want to be a coach or whatever, I was like, I'm gonna call Rodney and see if I want to do that. So ooh, I know, ooh, like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, so I want to know both of y'all's opinion on like the soccer mom, soccer dad, AAU dad or whatever. Like, how do y'all think parents should kind of handle their kids in certain situations? Cause over this past weekend, I think it was the battle of Georgia. I went to a few games. Yeah. And stuff was just out of hand. It's like, there's no way these parents are doing this right now. <laughs> are any examples, though, of what you what you saw and it can help me formulate? It's, know, just, like, it's just like, um. so I'll give you two examples. One example is the coaches coaching, the dad's eight bleaches up coaching, the same thing. And the kid's confused. <laughs> right. And I can see the kid confused. He's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I can see that. Right. That's one example. Another example, I seen someone they thought their kid wasn't playing hard enough, and they went and jacked their kid up in front of everybody on the sideline. I got you. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, All right, yeah. so I'm tracking <laughs> like, with you. What are we doing? Or I get another example. I didn't deal with this. I'm pretty sure you and Mel dealt with it. Is that the kid is not that good, or I'm gonna say not that good. <laughs> the kid is not on level as everyone else, and he feel like he should play more, but it's not beneficial for the team. Right. They're just developing a little bit slower than yeah, everything. yeah. They develop right. a little bit slower. That's the way to put it. I'm working on it. That's why we on the <laughs> podcast. I'm doing this now with the Believe Network. They let me you know learn and develop. So, what's your opinion? Go ahead, Rodney. Lay it on. Since you're the you're the rookie. Yeah. So I mean, like, so I have a uh, 
having an eight and a five-year-old and really just getting into this world of youth sports, you know, one of the things that I've tried to challenge myself on is, and I, and this is something that I, you know, I talk about like when people are in their, their marriages or in their relationships as well, I think they need to be separate. Like you need to have your own identity. Um, so I think even when it comes to AAU dads, soccer moms or whatever, you know, for me, anytime that you ask a question about a situation, I always ask about what is the intent? What, what's the purpose? What are we trying to get to? Is it, is it solving a problem or is it creating a situation? And I think when you have these soccer moms or AAU dads, whatever you want to call them, you know, I really think there needs to be, a, it really needs to be siloed in terms of like someone's identity. Does It needs to be your own. Are you becoming dependent on your child's success? And I, I really think it comes down to just the question that you would ask somebody. Like if it's a problem, I mean, if that child stopped playing today, like they quit, they don't want to have anything to do with it. And, and there's some statistics out there for, for like the Youth Alliance and everything that I read today that said that 70% of kids quit sports by the age of 13 for a variety of reasons. But let's say as an AAU dad or a soccer mom, if your child did discontinue playing sports, as a parent, would you be lost? And I think that that's really where it comes down to. That's where I don't want to be. I want to make sure that my child is developing the skill sets to go out and perform and have fun. I'm not at that point where results matter yet. That can change, certainly, down the road. But right now, I'm about the fundamentals and, and making sure that they're having fun. I want to expose them. I'm not forcing them to do anything at this point. And, and, and right now, it, it's it's about entertainment for both of us. So, I, you know, I'm a rookie, as you mentioned, Mel. I'm not, I'm not there yet. But I, yeah. I want to make sure that my identity is not tied to my child's success. I want to be successful in the business world. And my kids are successful in the, in whatever path they choose, you know, on their sports. Yeah. So, so my co-host, Mel, I don't know if y'all know. He has a son that's really great in basketball. His name's Chase Clements. Top 100 kid in America. Top 10 in the state of Georgia. Going to South Carolina, so top five now. Um, no, Being so recruited the, all over the country, right? All over the country. Like, Little nephew. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I can't, I can't wait to show my son the videos of, of Chase. So. Trying to keep them together or whatever. Uh, no, very talented, very good. And, you know, uh, Mel done a great job putting him in a situation to be successful, uh, no, as a parent. But now Mel's on the other side. That's why I love to hear your point of view of how it is dealing with everything else who everybody thinks the third kid is developing at the same pace as everyone else. Not, not saying your son or whatever, but just the different levels. You know, it's so funny that you bring that up, Shell. Uh, I, I always I, I go back now and ask my old coaches who I played, who Chase played with. I said, was I that crazy? Did I give you that much help? They're like, no, Mel. You just had a conversation with me. I've never been a crazy parent. I used to be, uh, what they call it, hyper on the sidelines. I used to be too engaged. Like, I'd be yelling, hey, man, go do this, do this, shoot the ball, do this, shoot it. Then I realized my, it didn't help my son. So by probably sixth grade, the seventh grade, I learned to sit in the corner and be humble and just watch because it was a distraction to him. But as uh, now I got on this side, parents are freaking crazy. <laughs> nah, I, I, parents are I, freaking I, crazy, man. 
Nah, I've I, had people. Go ahead, Shay. I'm saying, I'm gonna let you finish, but I know for sure I had multiple. So parents that I had multiple college call me and ask me about their kid. And the first, and they're like, "How the kid?" I'm like, "He's good" or whatever. The second question is, "How the parent?" Because when mm. you're recruiting the kid, you're recruiting the parent too. For and sure. It, yeah, it's a package deal, and people don't realize that. So a lot of parents are hurting their kids, not even knowing they hurt them. Yeah, I mean, I look at my own situation with my father. My father was a, was the type of man um, who was always present, you know, matters. He was at every every practice, but he never, like, you didn't know he was there. Like, you wouldn't have known he was there. But on the flip side, I played, you know, I had a few friends who ended up making it and playing overseas or whatever, but you always knew their parents were there. So I think there's a, a double-edged sword because... If you're not present, you know, is the child involved? Are they doing the things that they need to do? Are they showing up at the weight room? Are they going to camp? So they, you know, I think there is a, a fine line because you want you want some parental involvement. You want some push in there. But at the same time, you don't want to be the overbearing type of parent that, you know, the, that's detrimental ultimately to the kid's success. But I certainly think there's a lot of athletes. There's a lot of people who were good. And when I grew up, it was called the Sandlot, right? Like, so they were good on the playground on the Sandlot. Youth organizations have taken that over. Everything is AAU driven now, playing in, you know, that's a world that y'all are in that I know nothing about. We played on the Sandlot and that, you know, those are, that's where your skills were developed. Parents weren't involved in that. That It wasn't a business when I was coming up in the early 80s. Now it's a billion dollar business. Yeah, I don't know if I told you this, but I, I want to say this. I want everybody to listen. Parents are freaking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they are crazy, man. I've had people I've known for years on my team not speak to me because their kid didn't play enough minutes. I've had people in the stands on my team threaten me because they think their son is better than the other kids on the team. And I tell them, don't get the YouTube videos, fool you. Fool you. We can take it however you want. <laughs> so whatever you want to do, I'm with it. You, you, but I don't, don't tell me. Don't tell me you got a set of gloves just for a parent <laughs> practice, just in case. You say we can play some other if you want to. Champs uh, boxing I, and fitness. Anybody, <laughs> anybody can get it. No, Man, I, I, if I if I told you about mine today, you wouldn't even believe it. Because Shell can tell you, I am not naturally humble by nature. I work on being humble. I work on not being an asshole. <laughs> my dad right. and my brother are natural bullies. I work right. on being humble. I work on that. But as far as AU basketball, man, number one, we make our black kids are making other people rich. And I promise you, let me tell you, anybody in the, uh, the name, image, and likeness, come 2022, you ain't making no money without these black boys making money next year. It is over. That run is gone. The slave system is over with. These African-American males will get money like the Dominican kids got it, like the tennis players in Europe got it, and like we about to get it this year. So that change is coming, whether you know it or not. The NCAA reign is over, so it's coming. So you better jump on board. So in college, they're getting it. It's going to carry over to high school. But AU basketball parents, like Shell's first question, we have a, uh, our kids want to see their kids shine. Our parents want to see their kids shine. Excuse me. So I understand that you want to see your kids shine. But we have to understand you have to support the coach because it's going to teach your kid about loyalty, about respect. Like if Shelvin is coaching my team and at home, when I'm going home, I'm, I'm saying Shelvin don't know nothing. I, 
He don't know nothing. He don't know what he's doing. He don't know who to substitute. You the best player on the team. You could ask any of my coaches. I'd never once just disrespect any of them. And I've had coaches for whatever reason hate me. And it's probably because I don't I don't know why. I've had coaches that just didn't like me, but I've never once told my son, don't listen to the coach. Don't respect the coach because it's about authority. Right. And uh Chase, Chase has thrived, man. I just I just I always support my coach now. I'm not the head coach, like Shell tell me. I do the administration, but I just I just think parents sometimes take it too seriously. They they think that a 10th grade basketball game is going to dictate where their kid ends up in the future. And like Shell told me, no matter what your son does in the 10th, 11th grade, that is not the game that's going to make him an NBA pro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they say this early success in, you know, AAU, that what the wins and losses is not, you know, indicative of what may happen or predictive of what may happen in the future. I mean, once again, what I don't know, there's probably 40, 50 million kids playing youth sports. I don't know how many college scholarships there are. Let's say there's 1%. There's a lot of parents who are going to be disappointed from the amount of time that they invested from a lack of awareness. If a parent has a lack of awareness about who they are as an individual, they certainly don't think that their kid is, you know, they think their kid is going to be the next LeBron, the next, yeah. the next Ante de Kumpo, you know what I mean? Like, so there's a lot of parents out there that just have unrealistic expectations um, around their kids' performance. So. Yeah. Now I'd say the biggest thing is like every, like obviously, um, no, we just talking about like, I won't say obviously, growing up, like my father wasn't around a lot of times for my games. So I understand like they're not around, but when you do around, I just like, they should just be nothing but positive. It shouldn't be like, come on, shoot that, shoot that shot. Like you gotta play harder. It's, it's like what I hear is almost a negativity when I'm in the gym. And that's all around the board. Coaches and I never seen anyone like high-fiving or doing that. Only person I see literally is Mel. I think that's why we connected. Like he said, he never said anything bad to the kids or whatever. That's why he's somewhat that he can coach right now. You know, nothing about no basketball. <laughs> swerving down. If, if he had the Bucks right now in the finals, he can get them to win because his motivational <laughs> speech is being positive. Oh, Mac, you missed it. We just need more of that. What, what happened? What I missed? What happened? Oh, man, my halftime speech, I don't want to overindulge and toot my own because I don't know if I made that much of a difference. But in my mind, I was Phil Jackson at halftime. Oh, yeah, I yeah. Told... So, 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 so I'm giving the background. I was watching the game early this morning. I'm not able to get down to peace, John. They got a lot of COVID tests and stuff going on. So I was watching the game. They was down by 14. I hit, I hit Mel on the text, like, what's going on? This is his team or your his? This is Mel's team. This Mel's team. I'm I'm a basketball fanatic. I watch. I love watching basketball. Supporting everybody from Georgia, people I work with or whatever. So I hit. I hit Mel. Like, what's going on? He hit me back. He hit me back with the gospel speech. Tell him the gospel speech. Yeah, he had him in there jumping through lockers. He had him knocking trash cans. I ain't gonna lie. People in the stands because like Shell can tell you, I used to be a semi-motivational speaker before I lost my voice a lot. So I used to do a lot of motivational speaking. So freak people me, who don't know me, <laughs> that ain't the motivation we're talking about. <laughs> Real motivation. Uh, I used to, you know, I do some motivational speaking. I don't do it as much as I used to. But yeah, I just told my boys, because I don't, I, like Shell can tell you, man. And I, matter of fact, I talked to a boy today. I can't mention his name. He's not homeless. He's been adopted. And he's an orphan. And he told me, he said, coach, I can tell you serious about what you say. You actually care. He just been playing me for one week. 
He said, you asked me about my mom. You asked me about what I ate for dinner. You asked me about the game, My your feedback, what I thought about the game. He said, that lets me know you're not caught up on how much you know. You want to learn and you want and you care about my opinion. He said, that let me know you're a different individual. But at halftime, I told my boys, I said, look, man, we worked all, you worked all your life and all your years to come down here to Peach Jam and UIBL to be great. I said, let's take advantage of it. I said, well, what I need you to do is put your foot on a throat. I said, I want you to make them so uncomfortable they don't want to play the game. I said, I want you to, un I want them to understand that when they're playing PlayStation, we're working. I want you to make them understand when they're out going on dates, we're focusing on winning this game. I said, I want you to make them understand that as bad as they want it, they're not going to want it even close to how bad we want it. And at the end of the game, and at the end of the game, we're not going to cheer. We're not going to celebrate because we were supposed to bust your butt. At the how end of the game, I didn't cheer. How much did y'all lose by? Uh, man, hey, 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 I ain't lost number. I ain't lost number. I don't lose number. Uh, yeah. No, I think that no. It's a great look. A lot of people need motivation. Look, as an as a former athlete, you know, you always need somebody in your corner that that feels like they believe in you more than you believe in yourself. And when you're positive and you're delivering the, that message at that right time, they're ready to jump through a wall for you. You know, like, mm -hmm. ready to go out and play. We can't yeah. let coach down now at this point. This ain't about us anymore. We can't let coach down. He didn't put all, he coming after work or whatever it is. Like, we ain't gonna let him down. We want to win for that reason. Nah, he, he he did a hell of a job today watching the game. And that's, that's why I saw, I turned back on second half. I'm in Target trying to get car seat. I just had the, the, the baby or whatever. I'm watching the game, Joe. So I'm like, what man at? He at the end of the bench. He got, he, they giving him CPR down there. He trying to get back to <laughs> <laughs> ah, man, nah, you uh, boy, hey, man. He gave it. He gave it all to the kid. <laughs> he, look, nah, he had his towel on his head like uh, Tarkanian back in the day. Yeah, it's John you know, Thompson the fifth. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, somebody asked me why I did it. I know we got to wrap up because time is running short, and we're gonna finish this soon. But uh, I tell people, I've always wanted to be around highly successful people. And for me to have an opportunity to pour into these young athletes, because the athletes at EYBL and Nike are some of the best athletes in the country. They're some of the hardest workers. For us. So I studied them. I studied Shelvin's team. I went to the game last night and I watched them do a 30, a 35 point turnaround in one game. Yeah, I, I studied yeah, success. That was, that was ugly. It was getting smacked. So I, I studied success. So for me to have an opportunity to pour into these kids, but they don't realize they pour into me. I was never disciplined like they were when I played sports or anything. I'm not that disciplined now. I just know how to turn it on and turn it off. But to be an athlete like Shelvin and like you, y'all never turned it off. Y'all stay right. consistent. I, I mean, it's you. consistency. So, but Mac, you gonna yeah. you gonna shut us down? Tell me, tell me what we closing with, Mac. Let yeah, we about to. You know how we do it every single time is winding down. I got my uncle Rodney Bowens on the show, Hampton, Virginia, seven five seven. Yes, we sir. obviously gonna do another episode with him, you know, shoving back in with his unks. But no, before we get to that and deep, deep more uh, dive more into Rodney's story, we want to uh, know what's his TP and B moment that he had in his life that got him where he is. So it's your think positive and believe moment that got you where he was at. You know, everyone always have a situation like my situation is me getting cut. That's kind of where I met you when in DC. So people don't know I met Rodney when I was in DC. Living this big ass building that was super expensive. 
got it. I had no business living there, by the way. I had no business living there either. Well, he's living in this nice building. Um, it was very expensive. I met him. We had this. We met his parking spot. we next, right next to mine, and we have a ten-year friendship since then. But it's a TPNB moment. You know, uh, he knew me from the Wizards. I had to let him know I got cut. I had to go down to the main uh, Red Claws. What, what you call it? The mad, main lobsters. He called the main lobsters. So that like, bro, quit disrespecting us like that. Like, come on, man. That's when I knew I had to step my game up. But what was your TP, TP and B moment you had in your life? Yeah, I mean, I think um, when I was in my senior year in high school, for some reason, football was no longer clicking for me. Um, I just didn't see a future in playing in that sport. And I'd actually quit during tour days, like August of, of 19, it would have been 1990, um, that I actually quit and walked away from football. And I remember the car ride home when my father came to pick me up, who was in the military for 30 years. And this was like my role, somebody who really exemplified like commitment and what it takes to like achieve, like achievement and getting to the highest level. And I remember having a conversation with him in the car just around what did I want from my life? and Where did I see myself? Where did I want to go to college? And we, we talked about, it was only a short ride. I only lived maybe five or 10 minutes from the high school. But the questions that he asked me just made me self-reflect on like what I wanted to achieve in life at that point, given all the success that I'd had up to that point. And there was no way really that I could walk away knowing that football, that, that pig skin, that, that little piece of leather could open up so many opportunities for me. And actually the next day, um, my father had me write a letter. I went back up to the, to the school, to my head coach and asked for the job, asked for my position back on the team. And I think as a result of that, that, that taught me a few things. It, it, one, it, it opened up so many doors for me to be not only the father that I am today to two beautiful children, it opened up doors for me to be able to have access to individuals like yourselves who will allow me to continue to grow and prosper, you know, personally and develop. But, but just more importantly, just success within the corporate world and understanding how to navigate and being able to obtain a, a scholarship in college and play, you know, football in college. Those, that one moment could have prevented all of this from happening. So for me, you know, that moment about thinking positive was that car ride with my father and reflecting on who I wanted to be as a person. That, that, that's, the, that's the biggest, that's the, the, the aha moment, the turning point for me in my life. Nah, I got you. I appreciate that story. No, hey, Mac, I don't know if we're going to use this this week, but I want to do my, uh, my TPNB moment. I know I did it before. I won't do it again. So I don't know if we're yeah. gonna use it this week. Nah, we we not we not we saving that for the special episode. <laughs> okay, you, okay. You, you, you and Zuri's birthday. You know my daughter's birthday and Mel my got the same girl. birthday. Virgos, Rodney's, baby. We have Rodney's, Rodney's right there with y'all. Well, I try to tell him Virgo, Virgos are special people. He don't believe me, but he keep me all these Virgos surrounded around. Yeah, so yeah. we're gonna we're gonna definitely set that up. Going more deep and uh and that right. more uh, detail with that. Hopefully, how the cameras around and uh you know set up either my basement, your basement, and let people get the feel and vibe and let us know we acting. You no, know, we in the Corona era, uh, era, 
You know, you down there with all them kids. I'm in the house with a newborn. <laughs> I gotta be safe. I can't see my boy Mel. All I see him when he's on the screen. And and the screen him, and the screen love. got him looking right. I don't, I don't know if he's been down there working out or not. He's been looking right. Yeah, I lost a little bit. I lost about for six ounces. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, well, well, I'm about to get on that bean dip. We gonna get that bean dip in a little bit. Be right back. I'm, up. Go get, I'm about. Hey, my boy on the grill over here. We about to get this shrimp. <laughs> I don't know what else he got to go with it. He said tiger. Shrimp. I don't even know what tiger shrimp is. Oh, I'm gonna find shrimp. out in a minute. Uh, he uh, he wild card though wild card like we go we'll get we talk about nutrition another day but wild card not farm raised male not farm raised what got to be wild card tiger shrimp right, I'm gonna ask him I'm gonna ask him hey chef he we got wild card or farm wild card yeah he think he playing Uno he he got the wild card <laughs> bingo well, draw uh, two draw two uh, yeah now well I want to appreciate right. everybody listening to this episode of TPNB now with my aunt Mel Clemens. And a special guest, Rodney Bonus. Appreciate y'all. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.